You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hog Sports, HAWGsports.com. Got a lot to talk about today on the show. Arkansas coming off a 44-30 win over the South Carolina Gamecocks. We're going to take one last look back at that game as well as look ahead to Saturday's game against Bobby Petrino and the Missouri State Bears. Andrew Ellis is going to join us as well as Danny West to talk some recruiting. All that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. And before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. And hit the notifications bell so you're alerted. Well, where is my graphic? There it is. All right. Don't hit the notification bell. Just follow the page on Facebook Live and subscribe to the page if you haven't done so already. Join 90,000 Razorback fans in doing so. Also available on YouTube. Throw us a thumbs up on Facebook. Throw us a like on YouTube. And subscribe to the page on YouTube and hit the notifications bell there. So you're uplight. This is an interesting start. By the way, I want to say on the Walk and Talk, like 56% of the people that watched the Walk and Talk Saturday were not subscribed to the channel on YouTube. So if you want to get notified every time it comes up and you watch this and you watch it regularly, obviously, then uh, hit the notifications bell. Also available on Apple Podcast. Uh, throw us a five star review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of. Find a favorite podcast. Hogsports is just one dollar right now for your first month at hawgsports.com. I need to get that just like automated, so I have to stop saying it every single time. I screw it up half the time anyway. All right, and we get to what Sam Pittman had to say today. Here we go. We're excited to play uh, Missouri State. Uh, last time Arkansas was relevant, relevant was when Coach Petrino was here and. We're very grateful for for his time here and what he did for the program. You know, we've used that in recruiting, and without him and his staff, um, we wouldn't have been able to do that. So um, it'll be exciting for him, I'm sure, to come back here. But um, they've got a good team, ranked seventh in their uh, in the F um, FCS and or FBS, and uh, which one is it? FCS. FCS. I don't know what we are, but um, they're ranked seventh and have a good team and went to the playoffs last year. So almost beat Oklahoma State last year, uh, beginning of the year, and Oklahoma State beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. So we know that uh, we have to be ready for, for a fine team coming in here couple of points I want to get to first, uh, just out of that press conference. Does Looking like Miles Slusher will be back now. It sounds like he may end up playing middle safety or something. You know, they, they obviously moved him from safety to nickel. He played middle safety last year in place of Jalen Catalan when he was hurt. But it sounds like Slusher could play middle safety and maybe Kari Johnson be working maybe at boundary and, 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 uh, and nickel. So, 
we'll see how that shakes out and everything. They, I think they like Jaden Johnson over at nickel. I think they feel like that's a better suited spot for him. So we could see a little bit more shake up there in the secondary. Uh, Trey Knox sounds like he's going to be ready to go. I saw him walking in slides after the game and just had a little bit of tape on his ankle, probably about 85% of his normal gait uh, walking. So uh, I think they'll probably get him back. Got to mention this, Arkansas and Texas A&M in 12 days. That's Saturday the 24th. We'll be playing at 6 o'clock on ESPN. So just because they lost to Appalachian State doesn't mean, uh, I guess, that they're not still a draw for ESPN in the 6 o'clock time slot. So that's a good deal. It's uh, always – I mean, it's, it's better to have a night game, in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, Arkansas and Texas A&M will be playing. Number 10, Arkansas, again. Number 10, Arkansas. AP poll came out, ranked them 10. Coaches had them 11th. ESPN has them 7th in their poll. Uh, their poll, it's a ranking that they do. I don't know that they – take opinions from everybody. Pat Forty has Arkansas, I think, two in his, you know, just based on what they've done so far kind of poll. So, good to see Arkansas getting some respect. Uh, we had some interesting comments. So that, you know, it's interesting, like, so I, I post the the um, walk and talk, and then there's some South Carolina fans in the comments, like, Arkansas paid off the refs. Like, Arkansas, Arkansas was the team getting screwed over by the refs. Like, I can understand, like, if it was like, a close game and it came down to a call or something being ticked off. But this was – this game was not as close as 44-30. How anybody could look at that game and say, man, South Carolina just got jawed by the refs or something. I mean, fooling yourself. Also had a guy say after the walk and talk, because I said like 72,000-plus in here, you know, great crowd. He said, I don't know why. He's like, I wasn't at the game. I just saw some highlights. But I don't know why you feel the need to exaggerate – the number of fans there, I mean, like, first of all, stop. You you weren't at the game. Um, and that's an official number of people sliding tickets, 72,000-plus of people sliding their tickets under the scanners, not including media, not including the teams. There's actually probably 74,000 there. Dude doubled down after that. He's like, I know what a full stadium looks like. You weren't there. <laughs> I also had uh, a lot of people asking about these glasses. I don't get any money for these. So these are like probably one of my most comments was people asking about these glasses. So I got these pre-golf season just to kind of up my golf game a little bit, the look and the performance of these. So these are Oakley Portal X black polished frames with prism dark golf lenses. Okay. Great pair of sunglasses. They really separate the colors and everything. Like, if you look at your grass, like, you can see so much brown and stuff. So, it really changes the colors up a lot. Really like these. Big fan. Oakley Portal X. I don't get any kickback or anything. I don't have a link in the description. I'm not getting any money. I'm just being a maven. Trying to help people out. All right. Where do we want to go? Let's start. Let's look back at this game. So, I made several notes, obviously. I had like 20 different things. Um, there was a couple of bad flags on the fourth drive for South Carolina. We talked about that, and I went back and looked at the game, obviously, several times. I watched the video of the game several times. And I still think Dwight McLaughlin, even if he's interfering on that, which may he may have been, you know, he definitely touched the guy. I think he's playing the ball. But it's still over the dude's head. And the Landon Jackson hands-in-the-face deal – didn't agree with that at all. He never got his hands in his face. Never in Pittman. I don't think saw it right either because he's got the jersey. You know, he never has dude's face mask. 
it's a bad call. It's 15 penalties on 15 yards on both of those penalties, 30 yards on that uh, scoring drive for uh, for South Carolina, and one of those was on third down. So shouldn't have even scored on that. The targeting overturn. So first of all, I was at the game. Obviously, I was disappointed in was choosing is that his name and Orlovsky. And Orlovsky has no excuse. He's a former NFL quarterback. But their definition of tar- – like, read the rule, but they – like, first of all, he said, if he's, not, if, he's, if he's not defenseless, then he has to be leading with the crown of the helmet. No, he doesn't. That's not what the rule says. Like, look at the rule book. And then they made excuses like, well, KJ's hard to tackle. He's 6'3", 242. Like, that makes him less susceptible to a concussion? What <laughs> – what did he even do? Like, oh, he didn't mean to. I saw Jalen Catalan get kicked out of the Missouri game for clicking, clicking helmets a little bit. I've seen way worse than this. That targeting penalty, first of all, another part of the definition of targeting is if it's if you can't tell, if you're undecided of whether it's targeting or not, then it's targeting. If you can't find definitive evidence, say it's not targeting, then it's targeting. Dude was targeting. I, I, cannot, I can understand missing it. But overturning it, just that blows my mind. You don't have to be, by definition, there's several things that can qualify as targeting, not just one thing. You can be leading with the crown of the helmet. Um, you can, it can be a defenseless, uh, it can be a defensive, pl- defenseless player. Uh, but even if it's not, leading with the helmet, shoulder, forearm, fist, hand, or elbow to attack with forcible contact to the head or neck area. And that's exactly what happened. I heard the excuse that he was turning his head. Doesn't matter. Helmet to helmet. It doesn't matter. He wasn't turning his head. It's just that KJ was coming this way and he was coming that way. So naturally his head goes that way while KJ's goes that way. That was absolutely ridiculous. Neither one of those guys understand the targeting rule. I don't understand how you can be in that position and not understand the targeting rule. They didn't understand the pass interference call. I mean, or not pass interference, but intentional grounding. Like, first of all, there's a misconception with intentional ground. There's nothing in the rule book that says the ball has to get past the line of scrimmage. Okay, it didn't, but there's nothing in the rule book that says that. What it does say is that if you're trying to avoid a sack and you throw the ball away and there's nobody in the area, then it's intentional grounding. Check, check, check. Even the dude said, like, he's just trying to throw the ball away. Well, he's inside the pocket. Okay, you can't just throw the ball away. Like, you should know that. You're a former quarterback. I, 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 that blows my mind that and and like trying to make every excuse. Oh, he's trying. He tipped the ball. No, he didn't tip the ball. He didn't. Spencer Rattler saw the dude saw Jordan Dominic, who by the way was being held on the play. One of like four times they could have been called for holding that they weren't. He's being held on the play, and they never even mentioned that. Otherwise, he just sacks him in the end zone or forces a fumble in the end. Maybe it's even worse. But I mean, by definition, by every. Measure that is intentional grounding. It was a correct call by the refs. Uh, I didn't like at half. I liked a lot, obviously, of what happened Saturday. But one thing, you know, aside from the fourth quarter, which got a little out of whack, but one thing I didn't like. There's 102 left. Um, and Arkansas is in third and 14, and South Carolina's out of timeouts. Okay, you know that they want to try to get down there and score, get in scoring range, maybe for a field goal or something, because they know Arkansas is getting the ball coming out of half, and they have. What, what was it, a 21-9 lead or something like that huh, at that time. So instead of 
instead of like running the ball, getting inside where it's a 40-yard something field goal, uh, Arkansas decides to throw the ball in third and 14. It goes incomplete, and you know they end up having to um, end up having to punt, and they get good field position at their 32-yard line. So I I just felt like the the better play there would just be to run the ball, get an easier field goal going into half, and um, you know. South Carolina ends up getting the ball back with like 11 seconds or something, you know, because you're able to just take the clock all the way down before that field goal try. So that was one thing that I thought maybe uh, could have been done differently. Obviously, there's way more stuff that I really liked on that. Um, you know, the landers dropped obviously was a play that stood out. At that point, Arkansas would have been up 28-9 and said it was fourth and, fourth and 11. That was, a, you know, the most catchable deep ball I've ever seen. Landers had – he played a good game. Uh, he had five targets. He caught four of them, but that one was one where, like, we would be talking right now, wow, Matt Landers with a breakout game, five catches for 97 yards and a touchdown. Would have called it his coming out party. Uh, I did not like also the fourth and one play down there. I like – those of you who know me, I know I like to take your medicine. You know, you get down in scoring range, you know, uh, kick field goal, unless it's, like, extremely close. But this was – four feet this was even farther than a yard and they quarterback sneak it I get it your offensive line's dominating stuff but you know you come away with nothing you're 24-16 at that point you know this would have put you up you know a couple of scores so to me I know analytics say one thing but to me there's not a math formula that can truly measure momentum in college football and momentum's a real thing Rocket Sanders has lost 45-yard run. Warren Thompson was holding. I mean, now I didn't think it mattered in the play. I don't think the dude had the angle to get there. But uh, he ended up losing. It was a 45-yard run. He ended up losing. He got credit for 10 yards. He had a one-yard carry later in there. So, you know, it would have been nice to add that. He would have had 24 – I mean, it's, again, butterfly effect. Everything changes. But 24 carries for 190 yards, 220 total yards. That would have been pretty sweet because he had three catches for 30 yards also. The third and 17 was a disappointing play. Um, Antoine Wells, as I said before, going into it, if you listen to any of the stuff pregame, uh, is a stud from James Madison. Had a 63-yard touchdown catch on that play. But third and 17, you would not expect that to be given up, and it was, he was just wide open over the middle of the field. So um, one of just a few di- disappointing defensive plays, especially at that point in the game, you know, before you get to the fourth quarter. And they're in desperation mode. I mean, like, they're clearly, like, realizing they're going to have to pull out all the stops. There, there's three onside kicks. They're throwing bombs. You know, they're throwing interception as a result. There's another one that should have been intercepted. You know, they're taking a lot of risks at that point, kind of going outside their, their game plan. So you have a lot of big plays that kind of skewed the stats at the end, but also, um, you know, a lot of risks that they took. I felt like also uh, people kind of got after me for this because I was saying Malik Hornsby would be a good opportunity to get him in the game when there was like, you know, we're down to, what, eight minutes left, seven minutes left, something like that. And I tweeted that out. And people misunderstood what I was saying. I'm not saying get Malik Hornsby in at quarterback. I'm saying, you know, get him in as a tailback or an upback or a wide receiver, you know, the package with Malik Hornsby. Because I think, you know, South Carolina is an SEC team. If they know they don't have to defend the pass, they can gear up against the run and usually stop. Most SEC teams are going to be able to stop things coming inside no matter, you know, how much better the offensive line is than the defensive line because they're not worried about the pass. So, to me, it makes a lot of sense 
to have a guy like Hornsby who you can get to the edge, who just can outrun people. People are going to take bad angles against him, or even just the threat of him doing that and being able to run inside some. I mean, I feel like that way maybe you can maneuver things a little bit better when you're trying to keep the ball against a team, you know, that's in the SEC that's, you know, going to be able to to stop you in most cases when you're just trying to take the clock down. Something to consider. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Let's see. Uh, Kari Johnson, 11-10 to play. A lot of people were uh, upset about – even the announcers were saying he barely touched him. I mean, if you're not – this, so this was Kari Johnson when he got called for a PI. Um, I mean, the receiver was trying to catch the ball. Kari made contact early. He never turned around. That's pass interference. You're going to – that's – I can't be, – why would you – some of the things that the announcers were saying, like, with the penalty stuff was just absurd, like terrible. Like, do a little research, guys. I don't know. I don't know if it was lazy or ignorant. Let's see. I thought this was a good play with 11.05 to play in the game. Drew Sanders lined up on the edge like he was coming on a blitz, dropped back to a zone. And so, if Rattler was looking like he was, if he was looking off the defense, that's one thing. But it looked like he was looking straight to where that he thought he was going to be able to go there. And uh, McLeathern took it away and. He ended up panicking and throw it over the middle and got intercepted in the end zone by Dwight McLeathern. So, a real good play there. Uh, Jashad Stewart was being held on that play also. Nichols got away. Their left tackle got away with holding three different times. I mean, um, I thought he could have been hit with it on the screen pass with 4.07 left. But, yeah, I've gotten, my, I've gotten this article I wrote. It's called Long Last Look. Just, you know, several examples where – they could have been hit with withholding. That also happened on that Kari Johnson pass interference. There was holding on that. Um, I mentioned the intentional grounding thing. Jefferson's fumble, I thought when you saw the angle from the pylon cam, now when I got home, I was able to slow-mo their slow-mo. And to me, it looked like he clearly had 
possession of the ball still when his heel hit down. Now, if you watch from the side, you can't see the heel. You can only see the front of the foot, but you can't see the heel. But it looks like when this heel hit down, it was so bang-bang anyway, there's no way that you can overturn. You can't, you can't make like a game-changing decision fumbled out of the back of the end zone, which I didn't think he fumbled out of the back of the end zone either. But also, I don't think you could really 100% tell unless you had a drone flying overhead looking straight down. I thought it was the right call. Uh, Drew Sanders is incredible. Drew Sanders, I look down at my stats, he's got six tackles before anybody else has more than one. I mean, dude is an animal. He was going berserk. I think people will start keying on him a lot more. I thought it was disappointing that uh, KJ got a team rush for minus five when Arkansas was at 300 yards even, so they end up with 295. And not that it matters, but it's a cool milestone to be able to point to, hey, ran for 300 yards against South Carolina. Remember that? Uh, but 295, still good. I think it's interesting, though, that KJ doesn't get credit for the lost yardage on that. It's a team rush, but if he gets sacked, he loses rushing yards, which is different than the NFL. Need to get uh, Dominic Johnson healthy. A.J. Green, Rashad DeBinion are good and have a role, obviously. Uh, but when it comes to, like, moving the pile, falling forward, those kinds of things, aside from Rocket, Dominic's the only guy that can do it. I also thought that Dominic got uh, – or, excuse me, Rocket got kind of winded there. Had a lot of touches. Had 27 touches, 24 rushes, three catches. Um, let's see. There's a couple of more penalty explanations that I go over. There was a lot of inches to gain. I think three different times it happened, you know, fourth and – and I don't mean just like fourth and one or third and one, like happened a few times. I mean like third or fourth and inches. That that popped up three different times. Arkansas got all of those when it was third and inches. Pretty wild final quarter. I mean, they had 188 passing yards – for the game, and then 183 additional in the in the fourth quarter alone. Packed off in the picked off in the end zone. Hudson Clark nearly had another interception. Hudson Clark, of course, is catching hell. He played great for three quarters. He graded higher. He graded higher than any defensive back on the team on Pro Football Focus. Fourth overall on defense. Um, he had a bad play. <clears throat> he had two bad plays where a dude caught the ball and burned him, and he. Uh, gave up another pass where um, Antoine Wells broke a tackle. Again, Antoine Wells, I think, is a special player, but of course, he's going to be the only guy that gets any criticism. Any criticism because his his plays are the only ones that matter. You know, his faults are the only ones that should matter. Don't bring up anybody else. It's just Hudson Clark sucks, right? I mean, that was another thing, Trey. You got to quit defending Hudson Clark. He's terrible. I mean, just unbelievable how people pick him out when everybody has moments or lapses or bad plays. It's Hudson. He's the guy. He's the problem. <laughs> um, fans left a little early again. Not all fans, not most fans. It was a great crowd, but, you know, it's a two-score game with 635 left, and fans are filing out. I mean, I don't know if you guys have watched college football in a while, but a lot can happen in 635. A lot can happen in 635. I'll never understand – and, th again, this is not the majority of fans. And I, I, I get it, you know, you want to beat traffic or whatever, but I don't understand paying the price you pay for a ticket and leaving the final 12th of a game 
just to beat a little traffic. I just don't I don't understand that. I mean, so much can I've seen people file out of games like in Bud Walton Arena and Razorback Stadium where the ending changes. It's not what you thought it was going to be, or it becomes really tight and really scary, and you've left. Why? I don't understand that. Maybe somebody can explain it to me. I get wanting to beat traffic. I hate sitting in traffic too. Overall, fans are great. I mean, it's 11 a.m. kickoff. The sun's blasting you. I get it. Trust me. I thought they were fantastic. Uh, I think they did exactly what you wanted. You wanted 72,000 plus or so. 76,000 would have been a sellout, obviously. Um, that's a lot to expect for a game at that time. The crowd was loud. I mean, I mentioned that in the walk and talk. Somebody said they saw 106 on the decibel. I saw 103.1 was the highest I saw. 20, 25% of onside kicks are recovered. So they were due. That was their fourth onside kick of the year. And I'm going to go ahead and clear Christopher Paul to play a significant amount. Christopher Paul graded out higher, I believe, than anybody on defense, including Drew Sanders, which is surprising. But, again, Drew Sanders played most of the game. Christopher Paul didn't play as much. But I think you can go ahead and say, Christopher Paul, get in there if you need to. Uh, feel more comfortable rotating those three guys, kind of like the three-man rotation you had last year. If you want to read that story, it's called The Long Last Look. Um, I go in a lot more depth on every topic plus some others. Just kind of recapping the game. I'm still a little frustrated with the commentator's explanations and trying to forgive, like, targeting and stuff because KJ's big. I mean, give me a break. Ridiculous. KJ was 18 to 21, 162. Could have been a lot more. Raheem Sanders, 24 for 156. Drew Sanders was the um, player of the, of the week, Walter Camp, national player of the week. He was also listed as one of the portal standouts. This doesn't have Nudie McLuther listed, though. I mean, Nudie has two interceptions in two games, including a pick in the end zone. Again, I did not feel the game was that close. I never felt like, wow, this game's in jeopardy. Maybe that's why some of the fans left, because there was never that sense that South Carolina was going to win the game for me. I mean, I felt pretty confident going into it at Arkansas. I mean, read the content that I wrote before the game. I just did not feel like they had, were in sync enough or had enough, uh, you know, not, not a dynamic enough on offense. Reviewing pre-game polls, this is always fun. Andrew Ellis always asks 10 polls questions before the game. How many yards of, offense, of total offense has K.J. Jefferson had in this game? What do you have, 60-something rushing yards? 250 to 299, so not quite was the, the leading vote. Spencer Rattler passing yards, 200, 249, had more than that. Obviously, um, most of the game they stuffed him pretty good. Most people said 200, 249 rushing yards for Arkansas, had 295, so we're 0 for so far. First player to score a touchdown for Arkansas. People said Rocket Sanders. Was it Rocket? I can't even remember who scored first. May have been Rocket. I can't even remember. What would be the result of Arkansas's first offensive possession? Most people said a rushing touchdown. That was right. So I guess it was Rocket, wasn't it? How many yards will South Carolina have against Arkansas? 300, 349, had more than that. Rocket Sanders touches. How many touches will he get? 16 to 19. He had 27. 16 to 19 was the leading answer. Who will lead Arkansas in receiving yards? Jaden Hazelwood was the correct answer. 
And who was it? I think he let. I think um, Hazelwood let him in catches. He only had 30 yards. It was Landers with 45. So Landers let him in in, uh, in catches. Defensive MVP. Most people said Bumper Pool. Bumper Pool had a great game, but Drew Sanders was next level. What will be the result of the game? Arkansas wins by 10 to 19 points. And check. Got that right too. I thought it could have been a lot worse, South Carolina. I'm sorry. I doesn't mean I don't think the program's headed in the right direction. I think you need some help on the offensive line. Even though you got a lot of guys back, um, I think you got maybe a tandem that can work with Spencer Rattler and uh, and Antoine Wells. You know, Jaheim Bell. Jaheim, Jaheim Bell, I believe. Um, you know, is a good player also. Uh, I think you head in the right direction. You know, get some more work in the transfer portal next year. There's a there, you got Georgia coming up, but there's a six game stretch that you should be competitive in all these, maybe win them all. So, I th- definitely think South Carolina's a bowl team. It may not. It, it, I know how it feels when you lose, but uh, winning on the SEC is tough. And Arkansas's got a good team. Arkansas projected right now in the Sugar Bowl. SEC versus Big Twelve. Arkansas Baylor. I got to watch that BYU game, a good bit of that. All right. Is it Danny West time? We're going to talk a little bit of recruiting now and some other things, I guess, with old Danny West. Your good old friend Danny West, your neighborhood recruiting analyst. What's up, Trey? Hey, Danny. How you doing, man? I'm good. How's it going today? Going good. I just went over good. a few things, some ridiculous comments from some South Carolina fans, and um, yeah, the, the, went over my 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 glasses that everybody liked for my walk and talk, and uh, that was uh, about, yeah. that was about it. Now we went over we went over a lot of stuff. We did kind of one last look at the uh, at the South Carolina game. We haven't jumped ahead to Missouri State yet. We'll get to that here in a little bit, but. Um, there was a little bit of recruiting news on um, over the weekend. What 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 happened in Razorback recruiting? Yeah, heard from a couple of guys this morning who were in attendance on Saturday. Obviously, the one that I think most people are are concerned about was Fletcher Westfall, six mm-hmm. eight three hundred four four star. Yeah, I think he's a composite four star um, out of Leesburg, Virginia. I mean, it's just wild to me that they're able to get kids from the far east coast like that. Um, not just once, but twice, you know, he mm-hmm. visited back in April and, uh, he told us at the time I'll be back in the fall for a game and gotta be honest with you, man, I hear that a lot. And sometimes I say, yeah, we'll see about that. You know, we'll see who shows up or not, but lo and behold, here he came back with both parents this time. They seem to have a really good time. Um, got to see more of the, uh, more of Northwest Arkansas, not so much just the campus this time. They actually ran up to uh, Bentonville Rogers area. So that's always, you know, a good thing in my opinion, kind of shows them, you know, just how big and how, uh, you know, how much it's growing here mm-hmm. in Northwest Arkansas. So um, he had a good time, Trey. I think they're going to be in it for the long haul there. I can't sit here and tell you they're going to get him, but I mean, all of the signs point toward, uh, we typically see one, at least one every year, of a big-time offensive lineman who may not be even in your region, but Arkansas seems to have a crack at him, and I think that's uh, you know, Fletcher is going to be one to watch for 2024. You also had Brian Huff yeah, uh, from Jonesboro. right here within the state, yeah, Valley View High School in Jonesboro there. So good to get him back on campus. Heard from Brian this morning and he said uh you know it was a good visit everything he expected and uh i I think he's going to take a little time 
you know, it's still pretty pretty early in the process for a junior in high school, but certainly one that I, I like Arkansas's chances with so far. Danny West joining us again. You can follow Danny at Danny West 247 on Twitter and does a great job there. If you want to read his content, you will need a VIP subscription because most of his content, uh, when it comes to recruiting especially, is VIP. So both Westfall and Huff are 2024 and mm-hmm. Westfall's number 199 ranked prospect in the country on the composite, and Huff is uh, Huff's unrated right now. Right. Um, but I'm sure that'll change soon. Um, Malachi Singleton, he played in that first game versus Buford. Uh, it was a downpour. It was kind of tough to judge anything. Yeah. But he's got a broken foot. Heading into that game had a broken foot, and it's going to miss a good bit of time, unfortunately. Maybe, maybe get back for the playoffs. That's the hope. You know, I actually heard from his mother. Uh, he had a successful surgery late last week, but seems like everything's good. The kid's in good spirits. And, and uh, like you said there, that's the, um, I think, kind of the best case scenario that he might be back for the playoffs. But, mm-hmm. man, what a tough kid to go out there and play the first couple on a basically a broken foot. No, basically to it, it was broken. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's disappointing news. He was a guy that had already made a, a pretty sizable jump in the rankings, but mm-hmm. I felt like probably had a little bit more to show this year. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, won't be able to put out a ton of film, but that's fine. You know, Arkansas has got a really good quarterback in this class, and that's, the, you know, that's all that matters. It was a big talking point for several months here on this show and everywhere else I go on. But um, I think they got it right, man. I'm sure this thing will be something that, that he can get over pretty quickly and uh, and never have to, you know, worry about it too much. But, um, yeah, so far so good outside of that one. I, I feel like they've remained pretty healthy as far as the committed guys. So, knock on wood, that continues. Yeah, Malachi Singleton is the number 14th-ranked quarterback prospect in the entire country on 24-7 sports, number 234 national so he was a big time get for Arkansas and a guy that really fits the offense, I think, mm-hmm. uh, similar to uh, to KJ Jefferson. Anything else uh, with recruiting, Danny, or new offers and things of those na- things of that nature? Yeah, they put out. You know, offers have been really slow. Yeah, I think they put out three last week, and those were the first three. In fact, I think I texted you at one point. First three I'd seen in several weeks. You know, and I think that I think they kind of. Uh, anticipated that being the case you know with loading up so quickly on this 23 class i i think they tried to utilize that and get a head start on 2024 and and go full steam ahead into fall camp which obviously is a big big thing for them so there's a lot of benefits from filling up that quickly one of the downsides is boy it sure makes for a slow august isn't it in terms of recruiting so uh, fortunately, it is starting to heat back up. Obviously, September 1st, coaches could go back out on the road for the fall evaluation. And I think the first few visits that, uh, or I'm sorry, offers that we've seen go out are a direct result of Arkansas being on the road. So it uh, could be another one going out here in a little while, probably this afternoon, uh, early evening sometime. I would expect some more, uh, we'll just say, linemen to be offered at some point in the near future. What do you think about how things have started with this football team, Danny? I mean, and obviously, you know, we're looking ahead to Missouri State, but there's not – I mean, yeah. Arkansas obviously ought to take care of business no matter what Bobby Petrino yeah. you know, situation is going on. What do you think about things so far? Well, I think you said it there. kind of took the words out of my mouth. They've taken care of business so far. And, you know, when you look around college football today, as of, uh, you know, two weeks into the season, there's just not a lot of teams that – probably feel as good as Arkansas right now. So 
are there some issues they've got to take care of? Of course. I mean, the penalties are ridiculous, yeah. and they all seem to be really crucial, which I guess every penalty is. But, man, they seem very un- untimely in that regard. Obviously, some depth concerns in the back end of the defense. They're going to have to outscore people, man. That seems to be the trend early on, and, and that's okay because I feel like they've got the quarterback that can do it. I don't know about you, Trey, but – I, he's as good as any in my book. Uh, he's kind of entered that that first tier, the top tier of quarterbacks that I can remember mm-hmm. seeing here. I, I don't think that's saying too much there. I think he's he's uh, uh, he's every bit as good as some of the ones we've seen, and, and kind of correlate as being the best that we've seen here. So, man, I, I feel like they're going to have to outscore people. And uh, uh, the good thing is, if I if I'm surprised by anything, I guess it's probably looking up and seeing them number one in the sec in sacks right now it's, yeah. you know don't want to get get ahead of ourselves here but if that's a trend that continues i mean if you could stay in the top five in the conference in that category well it sure helps you out in the back end of that secondary where you need some more depth and you know they've gotten beat too now uh, the other team's got pretty good players and uh, you're going to get beat every now and then but a lot of it simply comes down to injuries in my opinion yeah I don't know if I totally disagree, or totally agree with you on them having to outscore people. I think there'll be some some more defensive battles coming up here. Um, I, I nice think to have a few more Drew Sanders, wouldn't it? Yeah, that dude is an animal. And that's the thing. That's the difference, Trey. Alabama did have more. Yeah, they had several Drew Sanders, so yeah. that tells you the the gap there. Yeah, it blows me away. That dude's a stud, man. How do you let a guy like that get away? Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I think that I felt like South Carolina was just kind of in desperation mode, uh, you know, doing some things that they wouldn't have normally done. I mean, if you look at the stats through three quarters, Arkansas contained them pretty well. They only had a 183 passing yards. They could not run the ball at all. Now they'll face other teams with better offensive lines, obviously, that will have more success on the ground. So but we'll see. I think, I think there could be some defensive battles too coming up. So anything else you want to chime in with, Danny? What do you think about this weekend? I mean – Bobby P coming to town. Yeah, I thought it was interesting right after, I say right after, probably an hour or two after the game ended Saturday, I put out a little Twitter poll. Um, are Razorback fans going to boo Bobby Petrino? And you want to hear the results? After 24 hours, 63% of the people said no, they will not be booing mm-hmm. Bobby Petrino. So, you know. you know, we'll see on that. But uh, I'm sure there's probably going to be some, some boo birds. But yeah. You know, I was kind of surprised that it was over 60% saying no. Well, I mean, you got 37% that are going to boo him, so <laughs> that'll be loud That's enough, life. right? <laughs> it seems like life to me. Yeah. All right, brother. All right, man. We'll right. see you. Appreciate you. All right, everybody. That's Danny West. Again, follow Danny at Danny West 247 on Twitter. And if you want to read his content, you do need a VIP subscription, which is just $1 right now for your first month if you want to check that out at hawgsports.com. Notice we don't have any neck brace. There it is over there. Or anything like that. We haven't done it. To me, that was a dark time. Like, I'm not sitting here going to make fun of the situation with Bobby Petrino. It was a dark time. Arkansas's program was ascending. Obviously, a lot of people wanted to keep Bobby Petrino. I understand that he had to be fired. They didn't have any choice but to fire him, given everything that had happened. Um, but to me, that's a dark time. It's not something to, to laugh at or, or mock. So um, there's no neck brace image here with the, the picture of Bobby Petrino. All right, we're going to go to 
Andrew Ellis now. So Andrew actually took in a little bit of baseball also over the weekend. And for those of you who don't follow Andrew, you can follow him at Andrew Ellis247 on Twitter. And he covers just all aspects of Razorback sports from football, basketball to baseball. How's it going, Andrew? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Things are going good. I'm feeling good. What's going on with you? I'm feeling pretty good, too. It's a 2-0 and start, and as we know, looking around college football, you got to be thankful for every single win that you get uh, just based on some things that have happened to some other programs. But, uh, Andrew, just curious on your thoughts on, on Arkansas, South Carolina. Is it – I mean, it play out kind of like you thought? I probably didn't expect quite as many points, but overall, I think, yes, it, it played out pretty similarly, similarly to the way that some of us thought. We thought Arkansas, you know, home field advantage – more, you know, ahead of schedule as a program compared to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's a game they should win, and Danny mentioned it. They took care of business, and that's kind of what Arkansas has done the last two weeks against you know two opponents that I think we'll find out in the coming weeks are pretty solid. But, yeah, Arkansas just took care of business, did what they needed to do, and probably got a little weird in the fourth quarter, probably didn't want to give up as many points, and the penalties still jump out. But to this point, Arkansas has really taken care of business. And like you mentioned, you look around college football – it's a lot harder to take care of business week in and week out than you mm-hmm. think. And there's a lot of programs that would love to trade places with Arkansas right now. And, you know, I just, I really like the feel of the way this is trending and the way that this, this team is performing. And I think there's obviously things they need to work on and areas we can talk about improvement in, but just overall, it's hard not to feel really good about what Arkansas has going on. I mean, the, something that's so overlooked in college football and maybe not as much anymore I think people are grasping it a little better but just the culture of teams across the country App State has a great culture I'm not so sure that Texas A&M does in fact they kind of got a weird culture but I'm not so sure that they do and you can bring in all the studs that you want you can have the top recruiting class of all time and I know those guys are young but they've recruited extremely well over the years have no business from a personnel standpoint losing to Appalachian State but the culture is so important, and that's what Arkansas has too. And I think, Andrew, we're going to see moving forward more parity in college football just because teams are able to quickly reload with the transfer portal. I think we're going to see – I think it'll shake up college football playoffs, conference champions, and and all kinds of things like that just because of uh, the ability to quickly add players that are really good. Absolutely, and, you know, I think you can – already see it happening a little bit which programs are able to adapt and move forward and kind of change as college football is changing change with it and i think that's one thing that sam Pittman and his staff have just done such a good job of is they just kind of roll with whatever's happening you know Mm -hmm. Pittman, you know has things that he likes to do and the way they want to run their program but he also is aware of what's going on in college football and he knows he'd be stupid not to 
try to change with it. And I mean, you just look across the board. They just nailed these transfer. I mean, we've talked so much about Drew Sanders and Dwight McLaughlin, and those are direct impacts where college football's changing. You have guys leaving your team. Just go get guys that are better. That's mm-hmm. just what they do. And it's, you know, it's a simple, easier said than done. But I think the staff has just done a really good job of kind of adapting and moving with college football while also having their culture set in place and having their program and their standards set to where they want it to. And they're just bringing in different guys to do it. And there's a really good vibe with what they have going on. And that's definitely not the case everywhere else. I mean, you see programs all over the SEC and everywhere else that are kind of just trying to get their head above water because they're drowning in this whole transfer portal thing. And even a program like A&M, who's bringing in number one recruiting class, like the highest rated recruiting class ever. And historically that tells us that you're going to be pretty good because that's kind of all we've had to go off of for the last 25 years of covering football is, you know, recruiting classes and what, you know, talent you're getting from the high school ranks, but there's a lot more to it. And I feel like Arkansas is doing a really good job of handling those new variables. Andrew Ellis joining us again, follow Andrew at Andrew Ellis, two, four, seven on Twitter. Uh, does a fantastic job and read his content at hogsports.com again h-a-w-g sports.com andrew you got to take in a little bit of baseball last week also well fall baseball i did and i you know it's interesting this fall is going to be a weird one for arkansas and and obviously i get it. it's football season nobody's you know really worried about baseball it is what it is but you know they're playing scrimmages and i'm, I'm definitely going to go out there whenever they have a chance and you know, there's a lot of new faces with this Arkansas baseball team, and I know there's a lot of guys, at least on our site, that have been curious to see how it all shapes up. And this fall is going to be an interesting one for the Razorbacks just because there's so few returning pieces on the, for the lineup. And Van Horn, Coach Van Horn talked about it the other day that he can't remember being a part of a team where, you know, you pretty much just have no returners. Do I normally have veterans and leaders all over the place, but – you know, college baseball is changing just like college football and college basketball where there's just guys coming from JUCO, guys coming from other D1 programs, and you got guys turning down the draft to come to Arkansas. And So there's a lot of unknown variables, and that's why I think this fall is going to be very interesting for Arkansas to kind of figure out who they have and what they have and who's going to fill which spots. And so I think this fall is going to be an interesting one as these scrimmages take place throughout the next few weeks here and into into the fall. And uh, there's going to be a there's going to be an open scrimmage. I mean, all these scrimmages are open, but the day before the Alabama game, they're going to have this what they call a fall classic, where they're going to invite a bunch of fans to come out to bomb and kind of get a look at the team after they've practiced for a few weeks. And I think it should be fun. And I would I'd recommend any fans, you know, if you're doing nothing Thursdays and Fridays afternoons, the team's out there scrimmaging. Go get a look at you know the new faces, kind of get familiar with some of the guys and. If not, you can read our content over at hogsports.com. Yeah, sounds like a lot. Uh, busy work weekend for you, Andrew. <laughs> hey, it's nothing. It's 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 not work if you're if you're enjoying it, right? Is that, is that what it is? That's what they say. That's what they say. It still feels pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Andrew, is there anything else about this team that maybe jumped out to you? Maybe something that surprised you about this season that maybe you didn't didn't foresee, whether it's well, personnel wise or anything. I'm, you know, I was listening to, to you and Danny talk about defense and whether or not this team's going to be you're going to have to outscore people and stuff like that. And, you know, I've always thought that, you know, football, especially in the year 2022, it's just hard to play defense. I mean, it's almost designed yeah. for defenses to struggle and meant for, you know, they want points to be scored and all that. And that makes sense. But and I think even when you have elite talent like a Georgia you're still kind of susceptible to a really good offense with a really good quarterback. And we saw that in the SEC championship game against Alabama. And obviously Georgia adapted because they have an elite coaching staff and elite talent. But again, that's not 
you know, a realistic option for most teams around the country. Not everyone can just beat Georgia and go get whatever talent they want. But one thing I'm noticing with this Arkansas defense is they're finding ways to capitalize with what they have, and they're trying to make plays that can change the game, which is kind of, at this point, I feel like that's all you can do against really good offenses in college football. I mean, they're, they're leading the league in sacks, which is something that, I mean, literally none of us projected to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, maybe it, maybe it won't, won't happen. But A lot more four-man front, man. A lot more four-man front and 3-3-5, right. three, three, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're finding ways to just make game-changing plays. I mean, we mentioned the sacks. Uh, it says here on the stat broadcast they forced five fumbles, and I, I know mm. two of those were actually recovered, you know, two actual turnovers, but they're forcing fumbles. They're having interceptions. I mean, they're just making plays, yep. which, you know, honestly, in college football, it's hard to slow teams down consistently, and I think against good offenses and good quarterbacks, it's still going to be very hard for Arkansas or anyone else to do that. But I think this team is showing the capabilities that they can kind of get weird defensively and mix up their fronts, mix up their looks, and they're throwing different things at teams. And it's going to be really interesting to see what Barry Odom continues to do with his defense as his personnel continues to change a little bit. So they had five fumbles, is that right? They had two fumbles on one play. <laughs> and Arkansas didn't Yeah, get... so it said, I yeah. mean, I'm just going by stat broadcast here. It says they forced five fumbles and they yeah. recovered two of those fumbles. Yes, I mean, it could have been, again, worse. So, um, yeah. All right, Andrew. Well, I think we I think we did it. Looking forward to Missouri State game. Ought to be fun. Um, a little night game in Fayetteville. And then, of course, the next weekend, another 6 o'clock game in Arlington. So, plenty of stuff going on been a fun fun start to the season absolutely i'm looking forward to it all all right brother appreciate having you appreciate you all right everybody that's andrew ellis again follow andrew at andrew ellis 247 on twitter he just does a great job over there we're really lucky to have andrew on board with us where else we want to go now missouri state's two and oh i guess we can talk about missouri state a little bit since we did say it they it's missouri state game week Missouri State is 2-0. and I haven't seen anything change for Arkansas's depth chart. Now, we could see some shakeup. Uh, this is the depth chart they release every Monday. Um, we could see some shakeup in the secondary with Miles Slusher coming back, maybe him moving to middle safety. So, I think that's probably a smart move to do with him. But all those guys are pretty interchangeable. They, know most, for the most part, know every spot. It's just who fits best where. So, Missouri State is 2-0. and They beat Central Arkansas – is that this year? Yeah, 2022. They beat Central Arkansas in Conway. So that would be Bobby Petrino's probably that we know of his second trip back to Arkansas since I guess they got all their stuff out of the house and moved away. But uh, he came for the Little Rock Touchdown Club a couple years ago in Little Rock. So made it to Conway, beat Central Arkansas 27-14, and then just beat UT Martin 35-30. I caught a little bit of that game. Watch just a little bit of it. I'm going to watch more of it, obviously, but um, there were so many other good games to watch. I watched a ton of football again. I watched all of the BYU-Baylor game. I watched Florida and um, – <laughs> how am I forgetting? Florida and Kentucky, which everybody doubts Kentucky all the time. Uh, Bob Stoops is a good coach. Anthony Richardson vaulted everybody in the quarterback rankings and then I guess probably he's going to vault back a little bit. Not quite there. Um, yeah, I watched a lot of games. Watched the Mississippi State. Good weekend for college football. 
It's good when you know. That's the good thing about getting an eleven o'clock game for me because I like to watch the other college football games, so I can come back and watch them. And you know, I end up staying up till like two thirty because I'm watching Arkansas game also. So last year, Missouri State finished eight and four. They made it to the uh, the playoffs in the FCS level. They lost to Oklahoma State in Stillwater in the opener, twenty three sixteen. That Oklahoma State team went on to win like eleven games. They were a game. They came up like that much, that short of winning the Big 12 championship last year. And Missouri State almost beat them. Something to keep in mind. Bobby Petrino coming back to Fayetteville. What will the crowd be like? Let's check out a couple of questions. We're going to wrap it up here pretty quick because we got practice. we got to get to here. Don Eldred says, lazy and ignorant are not mutually exclusive. In fact, I would agree with that, Don. Usually they go together. Cody L. James says, Hazelwood is becoming my favorite receiver. He plays hard and always making solid plays. Seems like he's just a little bit away from cracking one. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Darren McFadden's freshman year when he kept getting tripped up with his shoelaces, his shoelace tackles. He'll be close to breaking one. SC got away with several holding plays. I agree with that. Went back and watched. I watched Arkansas side, too. I felt like Arkansas got justifiably hit. A couple times unjustifiably, but I felt like they got justifiably hit every time they made, uh, you know, a penalty that that stood out. And obviously, you missed stuff, but uh, I felt like South Carolina got away with a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Otherwise, that's what I said. You know, I feel like it could have been a much different margin, a larger margin. Arkansas has got to clean up penalties, though. Overall, there's a couple that I didn't agree with, but still, too many penalties overall, and and they're big penalties. Not we're not talking about like offsides. We're talking about holding. Talking about personal foul penalties, you know, that are popping up, and you just can't have that. You shouldn't have a hundred, even if you have ten penalties, one hundred and twenty-two yards. That's a significant amount of yardage. Landon Montgomery's wanting that. Hey, college game day may be in play if Arkansas beats Texas A&M and Missouri State coming up, and Alabama stays undefeated. Now, what I'd previously said was I don't think that ESPN College Game Day would have been able to resist Jimbo Fisher and Alabama, you know, in Tuscaloosa after everything that happened in the offseason. But a lot has changed since then. Obviously, losing to Appalachian State doesn't make it as attractive. However, ESPN views it as plenty attractive. I mean, coming off of a game against Appalachian State, ESPN picks their games today along with CBS – and says, we want Arkansas and we want Texas A&M at 6 o'clock primetime slot on ESPN, the mothership. So, I know a lot of people are sweating, thinking, oh, great, 11 o'clock SEC network. <laughs> Cody L. James says, and Trey, I don't have I don't have Apple. I got some off-brand podcast player. I hope the five-star rating I gave you helped. I appreciate that, brother. Any, any five-star rating we'll take, as long as the maximum is five stars. Kathy Finley says, don't listen to the announcers, so I mute and listen to the radio broadcast. I like Chuck so much better. I do, too. The only And I do that a lot for basketball because, you know, Curtis is the main basketball guy, and he's going to the games and stuff, so I'll watch a lot of them at home. And I'll do that. The only thing that bothers me a little bit on the broadcast for basketball is I can't hear the crowd enough. It almost – it just sounds kind of like, you know, you hear Chuck and Zim talking – which, you know, the analysis is better. And I also like that they say the names of every player so you, you know, get more familiar with the other team and stuff. But I want to hear more crowd noise. I want to hear the ball bouncing. I want to, I really want to hear the, net, the ball going in through the net, and I want to hear the crowd. And so that's the only thing that kind of turns me off a little bit with um, listening to Chuck and Matt, certainly not their commentary. 
And I know like away games, there's probably no way at all to handle that. No way to do that. Steve Miller says Rocket for Heisman. Rocket looking good. Philip Doolin says is Bishop injured? Yeah, he's a little banged up. Ryan Hostetler says, yes, he's out from Missouri State. Chaz Rice says, what time do you think kickoff will be for against Alabama? It depends on what happens from now and then to then, but um, you know, two thirty, CBS could be a possibility. Six o'clock, eleven o'clock, man. They like the eleven o'clock games because they want to compete with the big noon kickoff on Fox. If you notice the Alabama game, uh, game against Texas, that's a game you would think, hey, primetime. It's 11 o'clock. It was, you know, 11 o'clock. Eddie and Tammy Woodall says, is that my Eddie and Tammy Woodall? Trey, you're right about Hudson Clark. He's been our best corner in both games, in my opinion. He's been the most consistent. I mean, Nudie's made two huge plays. But he's been Hudson's been the most consistent overall. He had a couple bad plays in the fourth quarter in desperation mode. Kevin Mercer says Poole and Sandals are the best linebacker duo in the nation. They might be. Adrian Jones says I might start doing that myself. Doing what? Oh, listening to uh, listening to the broadcast on the radio. Steve Miller says this game has to be taken very seriously. Too many other teams underestimate. Small. I mentioned Oklahoma State. What happened to him last year? And Petrina. Oh, uh, Petrina. Um, Pittman's very aware of that also. Can't believe Rocket only had 24 carries. Seemed like he had 40. He looked wiped out. They've got to get they've got to get Dominic Johnson back. Landon Montgomery says, man, there's nothing like, feel, like, like fall in Arkansas. Man, when I got when I woke up and got outside, I was like, whoa, short weather's over. Short weather's over. It was like 70 degrees, crisp and chilly. Felt like fall football time. John Blunt said. Got the VIP last week. Love getting my text notifications of news. Appreciate that, John. Yeah, you can sign up for free text alerts. Text alerts are free. John Blunt says, I hope fans stay classy. Eh, you're going to see the students probably wearing neck braces based on some of the stuff I'm hearing. James Carpenter says, nobody's talking about the numerous holding calls against South Carolina in the fourth. I think I mentioned that. Absolutely saw a lot of holding calls. James Bradley says, can we fire up the passing game this week? Just cut it loose. I mean, I feel like we would have felt like that maybe a little bit more if Matt Landers catches that ball. But, I mean, Arkansas was just blowing it. Like, if you can run the ball the way Arkansas was, just do that. I mean, is Arkansas going to turn into transfer use, says Jonathan Mosley. No, I think Ole Miss probably already has that. Ole Miss brought in 17 transfers. I would be surprised if they got nine of them as good as Arkansas did. Will Causey says... Do you still think Cincinnati would beat SC? Yes, I do. I sure hope we can stay healthy from here on out. Yeah, I still think Cincinnati would have beat them. Said that before going into the game. Steve Miller says our fans definitely shouldn't boo. We've gotten past this. I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't boo. I'm just saying it's not funny to me anymore, like what happened there, because the next 10 years after Petrino put his motorcycle in the ditch sucked. I mean, it was a rough 10 years. There were some moments here and there, 2015. But overall, I mean, it was the worst 10-year stretch of college football ever in Arkansas history. And it all started with him putting that motorcycle in the ditch. Um, yeah, I mean, looking back, it's just not funny to me anymore. It's just kind of sad and pathetic, disappointing. But, yeah, I mean, kids will be kids. I like what you said about the karma, Steve Miller. Get the karma back on your side. Leave the past where it belongs. 
I read a quote. It was good. It was said, if you want to, what was it? If you want to change your future, you got to stop worrying about trying to change your past. So looking ahead. Also, BYU looks real scary now. BYU looks big. I watched the BYU game, obviously. They got a big offensive line. Uh, they are sound. That's what I'll say. I'm, nobody was like, wow, that guy's scary. It's just like sound. Like you don't see a lot of mistakes from them. It's going to be a tough one, especially playing in that altitude. Mark Douglas says they're transferred, making so much good press nationally. Has to make it so easy for our staff. I mean, this gotta, it's got to continue. You know, you need to bring in a decent number of transfers next year also. So it's got to continue. Dustin Hoofman says, proud to see the physical play and continual growth of the players. Let's see. What's the update on Slusher? He looks like he's going to be good to go this week. Usually with, that's pretty consistent, missing one game with an injury like that. Definitely got to clean up penalties. Do you think we try to get Keytron involved a little bit too? Yeah, I don't think Keytron has a pass catch yet, does he? I mean, I still think you got to get the other guys involved too. Brent Danley says, I just want one game that doesn't require Xanax. Just one. <laughs> I mean, why go numb? That's what's the beauty of college football. That's why I love it so much. I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack one moment and the other moment, you know, I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack from jubilation. I mean, college football is just so exciting. The pageantry of it, the fans, the trash talk, the rivalries, the big swings back and forth. I don't know. The fact that they're kids, that they go to the institution that you – you know, either grew up in that state of or you grew up following your entire life or you went to that school. It's a lot of great things about college football, a lot of things to enjoy, and it's especially good when the team you cover or the team that you're a fan of is winning, which Arkansas has going right now. All right. I feel like we did it. I feel like we did this show justice today. Some good comments, some good guests, and uh, I hope some good commentary that you enjoyed also. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Remember, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the page if you haven't done so already. Hit the thumbs up, like, share, follow, comment, all of those good things. We'll be back with you guys on Thursday to take a closer look at, uh, at this game. And um, we have Curtis Wilkerson. I believe we'll also have Keith Grayson joining us, give us a little bit of insight on what he thinks. Obviously, he's got a lot of history and remembers the Bobby Petrino years very well, so it should be some good insight there. And maybe we'll laugh about some things with Bobby Petrino at that time. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.